Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is your host, Abby Martin. This is the audio of our show. You can watch the episodes on our YouTube channel or at theempirefiles.tv. While nearly a year ago, Colombia celebrated the end to an armed conflict that claimed the lives of a quarter million people, political killings have actually increased behind the scenes. In 2017 alone, at least 133 social leaders and activists have been murdered. And that's not including dozens of ex-FARC combatants who were assassinated. The spike hit with the signing of the peace agreement in 2016, up from 63 in 2015. The victims of these killings are most frequently leaders and activists for indigenous rights, coca crop substitution, Afro-Colombian rights, LGBTQ equality, and labor rights. Some have been killed by state forces, but the majority have been carried out by right-wing paramilitaries, which have documented ties to corporations and the Colombian government. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights reported that more than 60% of the killings occurred in areas which were once protected by the FARC, which withdrew its military presence in the peace agreement. I went to Colombia to investigate these types of killings, including a recent massacre of unarmed campesinos deep in a remote jungle. But I didn't have to go that far to find the violence. Just outside of our hotel in Tumaco, there was a murder on our first day in town. While here in Tumaco investigating the string of murders of social leaders, another well-known community figure named Luz Jenny Montano was executed in her home. I visited the church she was active in to speak with her pastor about the circumstances surrounding her death. Tell me more about Luz. Who was she and what did she do for the church here? Luz Jenny Montoya Montoya Arboleda was an active member of the Resurrection Parish. And there was her seat, where she always came and participated. The social character of the different groups in which Luz Jenny participated were mostly about attention to the elders of the community, of support with financial aid, especially food for the most in need and poorest families in the community. So her death obviously had a huge impact on the community and the community is very dangerous where she lives. But she seems like such a peaceful, loving person who helped poor people. I just can't imagine why someone would want to kill her. We don't have details about the motive of the murder. But we have to say that in our neighborhoods, it's very easy to die. Sometimes it just takes a misspoken word, making the wrong gesture, or an argument. We are very sorry because this is also causing a lot of a lot of fear in the community about the fact that she, a mother, a head of household, was murdered in her own house. They didn't break into her house. She was shot while she was sitting in a chair. So this causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, because not only are the streets dangerous, now our very home is becoming dangerous. So what effect is this causing? 
In our community, the effect is that you cannot talk about anything. You cannot share anything. It is better not to say anything. It is better not to talk, not to speak. It is better to be silent, to stay alive. How confident are you that her death will be investigated properly and the perpetrators held accountable? I hope we will be able to speak about Luz Jenny and speak publicly and remember her to also move the investigation forward so that it is not just another addition to the thousands of people who have died and been forgotten. Santos recently offered a solution to the violence by adding 9,000 more um, state forces to deal with it. Do you think that that's a lasting solution here? We do not trust them because of so many things that have happened over the years. We have nothing against the police or against the army. We simply say that this is not the way. It increases the level of violence instead of lowering them. We have always said that here it is necessary to work from a social investment from education, from a formative level. While Colombia remains dangerous to everybody, even during peacetime, the group that is among the most targeted says everything about the political nature of the crisis. Labor unions, or those challenging corporate power. Colombia is, in fact, the most dangerous country in the world for union members. In the past 20 years, over 2,500 trade unionists have been murdered in Colombia more than in every other country put together. Every year, more union workers will be assassinated here than in the whole world combined. One person who experienced this reality is Carlos Diaz, an Afro-Colombian leader and president of the Teachers Union, Sindicato de Maestros. I met with him in the bustling center of Tumaco. Talk about what's happened to you specifically as a member of the organization. Many years ago, in 2009, I was a union leader. We claimed some issues which were happening here in the municipality of Tumaco. One of them was that paramilitarism was spreading here in Tumaco, and it went deep. In that kind of situation, someone began to point out who the people were who were joining. And unfortunately, I was held. When I was taken, captured, they found out who I was. They held me for about 16 hours. Since I realized my life was in danger, I had to leave and I fled to Ecuador. I was there for a while, until 2013. And from that situation, my wife passed away. Today I am widowed. And what about other members of your organization? Has anything happened to them, including death threats? A fellow legal representative of an urban palenque, which is like a community council that monitors everything in social terms, in community terms, in political terms, for the benefit of the population. This colleague, as a representative of the teachers' union with us, of black communities, started a process of defense of labor rights for this teacher population. Our partner wanted to sue. 
Today, he is in a bed. He was beaten. He was almost brutally, brutally murdered. Almost killed because the situation is they wanted his life to end. Today he is a quadriplegic who cannot speak. He stutters, he loses consciousness, his head was struck and has multiple injuries all over his body. And today he's running away. You don't know where he is. Why? Because he makes complaints. This partner, just because he made a complaint, they tried to silence him and labeled him as an enemy, as a government enemy. Over the last 20 years, 3,000 unionists have been murdered. Why is union organizing such a threat? It is difficult to unionize in Colombia. Here, whoever complains is killed, is killed unfortunately. And unfortunately, if we look at the statistics today, here in the municipality of Tumaco, we have roughly almost 60 unionists threatened or killed. We have 17 unionists dead, dead, who are no longer with us, just because they claim the right, the right to a dignified life, to land rights. For many years, they occupied and farmed these lands, but today they cannot own them. That is one of the reasons that being a leader here is very difficult. It is very unfortunate. I can't deny that, at least in Tumaco, when a union leader talks, one has to speak very carefully and can't say much, because otherwise they shut them up. It's terrible in Colombia, and in this part of the country, and our black race is the one that has suffered the most since the end of the conflict. But still, people will say, why are they targeting teachers? That seems so crazy. Who would do that to teachers? Yes, because that is where the knowledge is, from the roots of teaching. Problems are made known what the government does not use for the benefit of the people. To be a teacher is the fundamental basis for the development of these communities. When the teacher informs, communicates, tells the truth, some teachers are totally threatened by people who basically know that. To their own detriment, the community could stand up to demand their rights. Teachers are the fundamental basis of the thrust of the development of that knowledge. A major part of this unparalleled violence against labor activists is that the Colombian government has given them a green light by creating a culture of near total impunity. 87% of trade unionist murders are never brought to justice. 99.9% .9 of death threats against trade unionists are never even investigated by authorities. So impunity for these murders uh, stands at an astounding 87% for unionists. I mean, and then death threats, you're talking about almost 100% impunity, total lack of accountability. Why do you think that the government is not doing anything about this? Look, the government today gives no guarantee to any unionists. There is a macabre legislation that does not allow the protection of these unionists. Nowadays, if a unionist reports a threat, 
The law doesn't allow you to reach the investigative body in order to clarify this type of threat. Why? Because Colombian law is slow. It starts low to seek several levels of complaint in order to get to the beginning of it. It would get to the UNP. The UNP takes months, even years to investigate. If you have been threatened, but already time has passed, and you wonder what a threatened person does, what does he do? They can do absolutely nothing. Except that if someone makes attempts on their life, they also have impunity when the unionists are corpses. For that reason, the law is not consistent with what it should really practice to guarantee everyone's rights, because the Constitution states that it is necessary to guarantee the right to life, to integrity, and to a good life. For who? Yes, of course. It would seem that other types of persons in other social strata are the only ones that can be guaranteed this. If a congressman is threatened today, the next day they already have five or ten bodyguards with armored cars, and a unionist who is a social leader and represents their community does not have that right until the threat is investigated. But the government has played a more direct role beyond just turning a blind eye to the murders. Most recently, ex-paramilitary commanders testified that under President Uribe, top officials in Colombia's intelligence agency, including Uribe's intelligence chief, supplied paramilitaries with a list of trade unionists who were then assassinated. The killing of labor activists has a long history in Colombia. In 1928, the United Fruit Company, the U.S., and the Colombian government colluded to massacre up to 3,000 striking banana plantation workers and dumped many of their bodies in the sea. But the labor movement remained the strongest in Latin America. In 1988, nearly one in 10 workers had a union. But at the same time, right-wing paramilitary forces surged from the U.S.'s dirty wars, and the campaign of terror took its toll. Today, only about 0.5% of Colombian workers are protected by a union contract. The U.S. government is a large part of this human rights catastrophe. The free trade agreement signed between the U.S. and Colombia in 2006 not only exacerbates repressive conditions for unions, but reveals how the U.S. bears legal responsibility. According to the American Federation of Labor, since the trade agreement was signed, Workers attempting to exercise their rights have suffered at least 1,466 acts of violence, including 955 death threats and 99 assassinations. With this, the Federation argued that the U.S. should invoke provisions in the U.S.-Columbia trade deal, but they were rebuffed by the Obama administration in 2016. As AFL-CIO head Richard Trumka reported, we were told by the United States Trade Representative General Counsel that murdering a trade unionist doesn't violate these standards, that perpetuating violence against a trade unionist doesn't violate these agreements. So the U.S. spends a lot of money on Colombian uh, military forces, right? What do you think that does to exacerbate the problem? And also, what forces do you think are behind the executions of social leaders? Sabemos. We know from our own experience that the U.S. has been implementing a policy of Plan Colombia, 
to totally eradicate those who don't share their policies worldwide. In this case, the United States, they implement a way of life, they implement some policies, the policies of the World Bank, the policies of the Inter-American Development Bank, come extract resources and transform the laws for their benefit. I am more than sure that Colombia is where it is today because of the huge policies that the U.S. is implementing in this territory today. Dark forces came from there to finance paramilitarism, projects that were in all national territories. They began from the Uraba, from Chiquita, from the banana crop to steal the land from Colombians. They take over the land and take possession, and from there paramilitarism was born. What it did was get savage with the Colombian people, massacre those who didn't follow their policies, and unfortunately more than many unionists disappeared. The United States has always been interfering in the policies of Colombia, of the politicians, and thus, I believe, it has been to subjugate, to put pressure on the Colombian people in a way, forcing a way of life that does not really correspond to us. And when the United States steps in a territory, they simply destroy, 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 and destroy. Today, Colombians cannot get pensions, not only in Tumaco, but in all of Colombia. They increase the eligible age for women. These are the policies that have been brought here, and where do these policies come from? From the United States. Poor men and women are left way behind, forgotten, and we are still forgotten. My role as a union leader has been rooted in defending the rights of teachers and of our community. But if you talk about these rights, you will be silenced. Why? Even, I don't know if I could do this interview again tomorrow. I may receive many threats simply because today I am talking about what I think is happening in this country. Nobody wants to talk about it. Thank you for listening to our Empire Files podcast. Help keep us independent and ad-free at patreon.com slash empirefiles. And be sure to catch our newest episodes by subscribing to our YouTube channel.